0: Welcome to all of our campuses, guys in Appleton and Stevens Point. If we could all stand up together, let's say this. This is who we are, and this is what we believe here at Celebration Church. Let's say this. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good to have each and every one of you with us. Welcome to the campuses in Stevens Point in Appleton. Uh, Pastor Mark, this morning, he is traveling uh, with uh, doing a conference in California, so he is out doing that. Pray for him as he returns back to us. Uh, And we have a shout out. Someone had a baby. Justin and Ashley Lukes recently had a baby boy named Tyler James Luke. So welcome to the world. We love babies. They're, uh... They're a great young couple, and they just had their first kid, so very, very exciting for them. Congratulations. Uh, We've got a great guest that's joining us here today. He is the electric rev, Jimmy Bratcher. Uh, He travels uh, around playing music and ministering to people through that. He's got a real heart for those that are lost. He's got a real simple message about who Jesus is, how he forgives sins, and how we can put our trust and hope and faith in him. And uh, he's one of the missionaries that we support uh, here at Celebration Church. He does some great outreach at Sturgis and in prisons. It's something that we're connected with. We're delighted to have him with us this morning. So let's give a big round of applause for the Reverend Jimmy Bratcher this morning.
1: Welcome. Thank you. Well, good morning. It's always my pleasure when I get the phone call to come and hang out with you cheese heads. I, it is. I just I just so enjoy being here and, and being with you. And I am from Kansas City, Missouri, and we have this baseball team that just won the World Series. Come on now. And even greater than that, they had a party for them, and 800,000 people showed up at the party, and there were three arrests, no looting, no property damage, and I'm just really proud of our city that we can demonstrate something like that to the world. But I am just really thrilled to be here. So I have something I want to give you. So get out your smartphone right now. Get out get out, whatever you have that you can connect to the internet on. Get on. I want to give you a gift, all right? And I have, I have this. I'm going to talk today. And I'm going to give you some stuff from my sermon. Everybody say stuff. It's like free stuff. It'll just start showing up this week. So go to therevjb.com slash... The Rev dot com slash SG. And there you'll find a page where you can put in your first name and your email address. And then I'll just start tomorrow. I'll start sending you stuff from the sermon that I'm getting ready to preach right now. I want to preach a sermon. Did you get that? The dot com slash SG. I want to preach to you today a sermon that I have titled... How to be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less. I felt the unbelief right there in the room. How to be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less. You know, I love things that work. I like things that work, and when I discover them, I just like camp out there. I just want to do those things, you know, when you, you find something that works... And today I'd like to share with you some of the things that I have found that work for me. These things aren't hard. Us preachers make stuff like this hard. But this, I'm just going to blow away some of that stuff right now and just take you through a journey. Most of the good things that are in your life happen in 60 seconds or less. We just fail to realize it. Most of what I want to speak to you about today is for us men. That was sad. That was like anemic. That was a good descriptive word there. Most of what I want to talk to you today about is for us men. Thank you. But you girls will get something too, so just hang on. What if there was a way that you could be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less? Are you interested? Is that something you'd want to, you want to do? What if you could connect to God in such a way... I'm going to quote one of the songs I sing, that it would make you feel like you could run through the jungle fighting lions with a switch. Would you be interested? I don't know about you, but I am. What if it could all start in 60 seconds or less? Well, here we go. Number one, if you're going to be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less, you have to attack the lat. If you're going to be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less, you have to attack the lack. Beginning with the fall of man, until today, there is one root issue that is the downfall of mankind. Now, most of us would say that is sin, but but it's not quite as obvious of that. There's something that has to happen inward before the action of sin actually takes place. It is the sense of lack. Lack is the idea that tells us that we are not who we are. In the garden, lack told the man and the woman there that they were not made in the image of likeness of God. Lack is that sense that says you must do something before you are something. That is not the way God does it. In the New Testament, lack showed its ugly head with those leaders who didn't believe that what Jesus did was a finished and complete work. With men, in our culture, we get bombarded from from this thing called lack. We're told that we don't measure up, that we're not good enough, that we don't behave enough, that we can never be spiritual enough. And if you're going to be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less, the first thing that you have to do is begin to attack that spirit. This is one reason why I feel that men are so disconnected from church is because when they come, it's like we always just get beat up. And we're always told everything that we aren't instead of told everything that that we are. So what does it take as men to attack the lack? It takes 60 seconds of you pulling up your big boy jeans, submitting to God and resisting the devil, squaring your shoulders, believing in your heart and standing your ground that what the Bible says about you is the truth. You know, if we could just grab a hold of one simple thing and just camp out on that issue and say, you know what? I'm going to believe regardless of what I see, regardless of what I sense, regardless of what I think, I'm going to believe that the Bible is true and who it says I am, that is what I am. Even though I don't experience it with my senses all the time, even though there's other things that are contrary, I'm still going to stay at that place and say, I am going to put my trust in that. In doing that, you'll alleviate all kinds of things. So point number one, to be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less, we have to attack the lack. Point number two, I want to talk to you about a 60 second or less prayer that will change your marriage. Would you be willing, if there was a simple prayer that you could do, that you could pray, and it would change your relationship forever, are you interested Prayer is powerful stuff, and just the mention of the word prayer to a group of men, they all just immediately just check out, and, and you know why that is? is you know, it's because, well, when we associate prayer, we associate a bunch of guys standing around in a circle holding hands, and listen, I've been around Mark Gunger long enough, and he's taught me that I don't have to do that. I don't, and I'll be in situations constantly in church as well. They'll say, okay, let's have a, let's have a pre-service prayer, prayer. Let's all join hands, and I'm like, no. I'll pray, but I ain't holding some dude's hand. You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Getting guys to pray is hard. Prayer is awkward, out loud, and public, but really, it's just you talking to God. Prayer is a force that connects us to God and to the resources that he has for us. Prayer is something that the Bible tells us as men that we are supposed to do. First Timothy 2.8 says, I will, I will, I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. We're told to pray. Now, Sherry Sherry and I, we've been officing at home for the last 15 years, but prior to that, when I had an office out of the home, our morning ritual was we'd get up, I'd get ready to go to work, we'd have a cup of coffee, and then right as I walked out the door, I would do something that revolutionized our relationship. I would go to give my wife a hug, And I would wrap my arms around her and I would have my hands on her and I would do this. Father, I pray for my wife today and I ask you that everything that she does today, that she would be a blessing to those around her, that she would feel the sense of your presence in her heart, that she would experience the reality of your peace. And then sometimes I'd throw this in. And Father, I pray today that you'd keep her hormones balanced so she doesn't kill me later. (laughs) And that took like 20 seconds or something. 20 seconds. And it transformed our relationship. Because there's just something about you as a man praying with your hands on your wife that absolutely does something in our hearts. It's it's one of the most intimate, personal things that we can do. It's powerful stuff. Acts Acts 8.18 says, When Simon saw that the Spirit was given, when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. This is powerful stuff that you and I have the power to, to use, that we can lay our hands on people. And after all, fellas, your girl, she loves getting gifts. So why not give her gifts? 2 Timothy 1.6 says this. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. The Bible tells us that there are these gifts that come because we lay our hands on people. And if you want to be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less, take my advice, lay your hands on your wife and pray out loud and let her hear what you say about her to God. It'll absolutely change your life. Point number three, this is about a 60 second or less prophecy You discovering that there is a prophet that lives inside of you. Now, I can't tell you how much unbelief I feel right now at this moment. Because I know what you're saying. It's like, me, a prophet? It's like, yeah, you, a prophet. You know how I can say that with such confidence? I can say that in confidence because I know that you are made in the image and likeness of God. And the first thing that the Bible tells us about God, our father, and it reveals to us is that he is a creator and his, and this planet is being, you know, this, the, the view that we have of God is he is creating this world by his words. And whether you realize it or not, your world right now has been created by your words Everything that you have in your life right now at this moment is a direct result of something that you said, the person you're married to, the car you drive, the house that you live in. All of those things are a direct result of you saying, I do, I want to buy that house. I want to drive that car. You have that ability and it works in your life whether you acknowledge it or not. And the Bible tells us that prophecy is a gift of the spirit. And that gift is given to us each individually so that we can experience the reality of what God has for us. Both present tense and in the future. You're just like God. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. That what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. And the same is true in your life. An example of that in my, my life, this is stuff that works for me, is that when Sherry and I, some of you know our story, we were married we actually met at a Black Sabbath concert. We were, we were married and divorced, and then we got remarried, and we came to believe in Jesus during our second wedding ceremony. But after we believed in Jesus, we still had those same learned behaviors. And the one characteristic about our relationship that we were really good at is that we were really good at fighting. We could fight. I mean, we could throw down. And our house was a chaotic mess because what we were fighting over was who was going to be in charge me or her. And I can remember one day that I came home from work, and I probably told you this story before, but I'm going to tell it to you again because it's a good story and I had the microphone. (laughs) But I came home from work and I pulled in the driveway in my 1968 Dodge Dart four door Slant Six, it was an indestructible car. And I, and I pulled in the driveway, and I remember sitting in the car, and I couldn't find the courage to go inside because I knew there was probably an angry woman in there, probably because of something stupid that I had done. But nevertheless, she was in there, and I was afraid, or as we would say a little further south, I was scared. And I remember sitting in the car, and all of a sudden, I felt my arm go out and i saw my finger pointing at the house and i started screaming at my house the peace of god lives in that house and those people that live in that house they're people that are ruled by the peace of god and that house has a testimony for the peace it possesses i didn't know what i was doing it took 60 seconds or less it happened so fast, it was like in a flash. But I didn't know and, and realize until later that what I was doing was I was prophesying to my house. I was allowing the gift that the Holy Spirit had given to me and to you freely, called prophecy, and I was agreeing with what God's will was for our home. Jesus taught it like this in Luke chapter 10 verse five and six, Luke 10, five and six, Jesus said this, but whatever house you enter first say peace to this house. And if the son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. So what does your house feel like? When you go home today, when you pull into the garage or into the driveway, what emotional sense do you have of the environment that's in your home? Listen and hear if God would speak a word to you that you can in 60 seconds or less prophesy to your home and watch what happens. Number five. I want, to t- I want to talk to you about a five-word prayer that in 60 seconds or less will change your life. Five words. How many, of you, how many of you think it's like, man, I can pray five words. I can do that kind of stuff. I- I'm on it. That's my kind of deal right there. Sherry and I, after we came to Jesus, we needed mentors in our life. We needed people to model for us what a normal life looked like. And we met this man, his name's Jay Harold Lee. He's went to be with Jesus now, but he was this six foot five outdoorsman from Selma, Alabama, pastor dude. And he came into our life and, and, and I was just it was like I wanted to be around this man. And the reason I wanted to be around this man is because I saw his family. And I saw the way that he conducted himself in his home, and it wasn't chaotic, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't just, there wasn't tension there. And the thing that stuck out, stuck out to me the most about this man that I loved was his children. He had two teenage boys. I think at that time they were like 16 and 17. And his boys stuck out to me. And you know why? Because they were like polite And that's a miracle manifestation right there, you know, polite kids, teenagers, and they were polite. And one day he was speaking in our church and he stood up and he said something that changed my life forever. He said this, he said, there's two things in life that I don't know how to do. And I thought this guy could do anything, you know. He said, there's two things in, in life that I don't know how to do that I have to rely on God every day to give me what I need to do these two things. To be a husband and to be a father. And something happened inside my heart because suddenly I realized that it wasn't up to me or to my ability Only to be able to do what God had called me to do as a husband and a father. That I could go to God and that God would give me what I needed to be able to do that. After all, God is your father and he loves to hear from his children. I know I have my kids don't, you know, all of my children are spread out all over the country and and I don't get to see them as often as I'd like. But the one thing that I do love is I love to hear from my kids. And I know that God loves to hear from you. So a five word prayer that can change your life is this. Father, I ask for wisdom. Father, I ask for wisdom for wisdom. James 1 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. There's an absolute positive assurance in that scripture that says, if you ask, he gives and he gives in such a way that is generous I can't tell you how many times I've prayed that prayer. I can't tell you how many times that I have just at, at work, at home, with my kids and my relationships, just simply stopped and said, Father, I ask you for wisdom. Five words that will transform your life. You see, faith is a big deal. Faith is actually the big deal with God. And God will only ever ask you for one thing in your life. And that is, will you trust him? Will you trust him? And when we break faith down, that's really what faith is. That's what he was asking from the first family in the garden. Will you simply trust that I am And you are who I say you are. God simply is asking us for trust. And that is the big deal. If you want to be a spiritual giant in 60 seconds or less, it all starts with you being born again. Born again. That is a radical, radical word. In John chapter 3, when Jesus first uttered those words, the man that heard it was perplexed because he couldn't figure out with his own natural mind how something that radical could take place. Jesus said to him, he said, marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. And his response was, well, how can I enter into my mother's womb for again and be born again? But what Jesus was talking about was a birth that we can't understand with our minds. It's something that is so spiritual, so sacred, that it happens with our hearts. And he said, if we're going to be spiritual giants, it always begins with us being born again. It's like this. I don't know about you, but if I was you know, to have the proposition, which I have had and have accepted, that being born again was a possibility, that I could start over again. Just having an opportunity to start over again. Wouldn't you take up that that opportunity? I'm like, yeah, I want to be able to do that because I know the messes that I've made in my life and I would love to be able to start over again. But it's not just starting over again. It's starting over being born into a different family. A family that is fully functional. A family with a father who loves you in such a way that it's described as being perfect. That his love is perfect. And, you know, for me, it's like, you know, my dad, my dad was great, but he wasn't perfect. And to be real honest, I don't know any children that think their dad was perfect. But this one is perfect. That we could be born again into another family with relationships like that. That we could be born again with a different genetic That we could have a different genetic, different DNA, different makeup, different genetic. What an amazing thing. Our genetics are absolutely astounding. I mean, I can tell you story after story about genetics that are just absolutely remarkable. But the Bible tells us that when we are born again, that there's something that happens to our genetic. And it begins with a heart transplant. The Bible says that when we are born again, that God reaches into us. He takes out this heart that's in us that he describes as stony, hard, hard, hard. And he gives us a new heart that's a heart of flesh and it's pliable and it's willing. And the interesting characteristic about this heart is that it has his law written on it that he writes his law on our, on our hearts. And that law becomes the default operating system in our lives, that we're no longer given to unrighteousness, but that we're given the gift of righteousness, and now we're able to function the way that God intended for us to function. It's unbelievable, this transaction that takes place. It says that not only does he give us a new heart, that he gives us a new nature. And that nature is one that is given to to please him and to believe the reality of his word. Now, you might be here today and you might say, Jimmy, I have never been born again. And I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that request today that Jesus made. Or you might be here and you might say, Jimmy, you know what? I I was baptized or sprinkled or confirmed as a child, but I just don't feel that connection to God like my father. Then I'm just going to ask you to respond to this appeal also. So could we do this? Could we bow our heads and close our eyes? And let me just ask, if you're here today and you say, Jimmy, I've never been born again, but I want to believe. I want to be born again. Or you say, Jimmy, I just don't feel that connection that I've felt before, and I want to feel that connection again. If you're here today and that's you, right now I want you to lift your hands, and we're just going to pray a simple prayer together. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. We're going to pray together. Let's pray out loud. Let's say this, all of us, whole church. Let's say, I come to you, Father just as I am a sinner. And I want to be born again. I want to know the newness of life. I want to be born again. I ask you to forgive my sins, to take them away from me, and give me your gift of righteousness. And I appeal to you now by faith in Jesus. Amen. God bless you all so much. Thank you for letting me come today.